0: Hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. Supporting women to make empowering, soul centered and heart driven decisions in motherhood. Going back to basics, changing
1: our stories and trusting ourselves. I'm Emily. And I'm Annabelle.
0: Hey Hey Mama. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for being here on our birth story series. Today we're chatting with Olivia, a chiropractor who's passionate about family health, pregnancy, and paediatrics. She loves camping, bushwalking, getting outdoors, and has a black belt in taekwondo. Oh! So today we will hear the birth story of her triplets. So her birth was induced (laughs) and then she brought her three babies into the world vaginally. Thank you so much for joining us, Olivia.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. (laughs)
0: Oh, I'm so excited to hear this! Like, what an amazing story! I mean, as soon as um we had someone reach out and tell us about, you know, your triplet birth, and we're like, oh, we really need to speak to her. This sounds incredible.
2: Yeah, it's a little a little bit out of um, out of the ordinary, I suppose. So it's always interesting hearing lots of different birth stories, and that's why I was really um, keen to jump on as well because when I was pregnant. Um, And then when I found out I was having triplets, looking at other positive experiences and reading lots of different examples of um, how amazing birth can be really helped me on my journey as well. Mm, Yeah, exactly. And that's literally why we're doing this to put out
0: all of those different stories to resonate with all the different mums. Um, so your babies are now 13, so <laughs> this birth was obviously a little while ago but probably still feels like yesterday, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah, and and um, I just always get excited talking about it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear it.
1: I can't believe they're 13. Wow. <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah you you begin wherever
2: you feel is right um, well, I think we we're just chatting briefly before we started recording about the um, the day we found out we were having triplets, which mm-hmm. was the most surreal day of my life. <laughs> um, we went for our ultrasound and I was nineteen and a half weeks we i'm as a chiropractor, I tend to have quite a um, natural approach to health and minimal intervention is my preference. Um, we hadn't had an early scan because everything was very straightforward. Um, when yeah. we found out that we were pregnant, we'd booked into um, the birth centre at King Eddie's. I'd yeah. had lots of friends birth there and have really great experiences. So we booked in there and we'd had our midwife checkups. Um, and the midwife had said at our 16 week checkup, you know, you're a bit big for dates, you know, Um mm-hmm possibility could there be twins maybe and we'd agreed with it I'd have the the ultrasound at 19 and a half weeks so I was still convinced there was only one um I'd had very minimal morning sickness um I really I was convinced there was only one so so the day we went for the ultrasound it was all the family and friends were like oh is it going to be one is it going to be two and when we did the ultrasound they you know did started off the ultrasound and straight away said oh look look there's two and we're like okay so it's twins i'm like okay it's twins it sort of didn't didn't necessarily fit my perfectly planned out scheduled um time off and all the the future plans i would made but i can work around that and then she kept counting and she said look that's one that's two there's three you're having three babies (laughs) I'll just keep looking in case I can find any more. Oh my God. <laughs> And my husband went white as a sheet and said, Don't find any more with a few uh choice swear words thrown in there for, for good measure. <laughs> um so yeah, so it was like I started laughing. I was I went into, I guess, a a bit of shock and I had that hysterical laughing thing going on. Um and I just—it was one of those things. You just don't entertain the thought that that could even be a possibility. Mm. And we'd we'd conceive spontaneously. Um, I've got two identical boys and a fraternal boy, so I'd release two eggs, and one egg had just randomly split. Um, wow! Yeah, so just bizarre. Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> There's no other word. There's no. There's no. I, just, There's can't, no other I word. can't
0: imagine it. And like you said, yeah, you'd just be in shock and laughing is probably what I would do as well. <laughs> I mean, what else can you do? <laughs> yeah. And I
2: think initially, like, I was just spun out and I was just like, wow, it is so amazing and isn't it miraculous? And mm-hmm. I'd, already, I'd already been so excited about being pregnant and, you know, a, about the birth and all of those things. And I think um, it was after the news sort of sunk in that then there was a, a bit of fear that crept in um around what's this going to mean Mm. um straight away we'll handballed over to king it is to the main hospital in the gold team which is the high risk team and there was a i think i absorbed some of that initial fear and stress because every time you you make an interview every time you go to an appointment the high risk the high risk the high risk and i think i think we have to be um really mindful in pregnancy when we're at, at such a vulnerable time and words make a big mm. difference to how we feel. And I think that initially shocked me into a negative state. Mm. Um, and then so at that point um, we went to our first appointment at the hospital um, and the immediate assumption was we will schedule a C-section If we if we can get you to 32 weeks or 34 weeks, we'll we'll book you in. There'll be a C section. This will happen. This will happen. It's all sort of a prepackaged done deal. And I, being a health practitioner, being um, quite proactive in my knowledge and also having some some strong, I guess, ideals about what I would like, um, had lots of questions, um, which I think weren't always met with um, with um, happiness from, from the other side, because I think some people just would say yes, yes, yes. And go along. And that certainly wasn't me. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think after that first, um, first appointment, I felt a bit discouraged. I'd always idealized that I'd have, you know, a wonderful birth. I was really looking forward to the experience of the cascade of hormones and just the power of birth and and all of those things. And I felt, um, a bit of grief around, well, I'm not going to get that experience. And I feel like my choices have been taken away. Um, and then I had, I had, you know, chats with my good friends and uh, who are health practitioners in chiro's as well. And my sister's a naturopath. And I sort of got to a point where I thought, well, hang on a minute. It's, it's not necessarily a done deal. Let's ask more questions. Let's see if we can get a different opinion. And my sister who's got friends, um, who are doctors and paediatricians and um, specialists had chatted to a few people, and then we got the name of um, a obstetrician who was a, who was a high risk specialist, and I transferred privately um, to him. And as soon as I met Craig for the first time, I was like, "Yep, I feel tr- I feel trust in this guy. I feel like he's listening to me. Um, I feel like he's considering me as a above health average, you know, person." Um, and, and I think that is another big thing for me when I'm supporting women in pregnancy is women have to feel safe and they have to feel um, that they can trust the providers that they are with, whether that's midwife, obstetrician, doula, um, family, partner. If you don't feel safe and, and you haven't got trust in your environment, then, then that's not going to be an ideal birth, whatever the outcome. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So- mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So at that point, once I'd switched over, um, he already had the, obviously the notes um, that had been put in my file saying, you know, questioning about um, vaginal birth, um, questioning this, questioning that, questioning the other thing. Um, and he basically <laughs> said, well, you know, at this point, yes, you're above average health. All the babies are, you know, 50 percentile as far as growth. And that was at probably 24 weeks at that stage, I suppose. Um if there's no risk factors, then, yes, vaginal birth is certainly an option. So I was really just that day was, yeah, I was absolutely ecstatic that that I guess that respect for birth and the body and health was being matched by the person I was putting my trust in. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so fast forward down the track, the pregnancy was all quite uneventful, really. I was working... Um, still up until I think I finished seeing patients about maybe that point, maybe 24, 25 weeks ish, just as a precaution, because again, high risk, high risk being on your feet, all those things. Um, And then if we, yeah, fast forward sort of down the track, I'd always had in my mind, I wanted to get the bubs to 36 weeks. Um, And I think one thing um, that anyone who knows me will say is I'm, I'm quite, a stubborn or like driven sort of person. So I had it in my head, 36 weeks, 36 weeks. And I think after sort of the first few visits where they said it's likely 32 weeks or 34 weeks and it's likely caesarean. Um, yeah. I think there's a part of me that was just like, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> and Love yeah, that. so we got to, we got to that point. Um, I got to 36 weeks and two days Um I'd had lots of chats along the way and lots of questions um, with my obstetrician around how um, the birth would look. Um, for me, also, it's really important for me to have a, um, a, a visual picture and to know what to expect and to know if it's this scenario, what will that look like? If it's the other scenario, what will that look like? Because I was, um, if it got to the point where any of the bubs was actually seriously. At risk or unwell or I was then cesarean is an option and I think you know cesarean when it's needed absolutely but when we look at the statistics um, across our society the the level of cesarean birth is not at medical need or emergency need so mm-hmm. um, if it had got to that point where it was needed I was 100 percent okay with that because I trusted in my birth team um so mm. at that point, my preference for the birth would have been um, no induction, no um, epidural and going into labour and then the natural cascade. Um, the placentas at that point were starting to show signs of calcification and ageing. And so I think obviously the, the other side of the fence is sort of the management of the birth and the management of the risks Um, so my obstetrician sort of had a few, I guess, no deal, um, points for him. Um, and having a epidural was one of those. So if one of the babies became distressed very quickly, then they could, um, do a cesarean very quickly. So in the end, I agreed to, to that. And in the end, I agreed to be induced. Um, however, they did manage that very, very well and they, um, did it quite slowly. So it, my biggest concern, and I guess my fear from the horror stories I'd heard, was um, being induced and it coming on extremely hard and fast and horrible um, and not being that slow, steady build-up and that warm-up that the body needs um, to, to label well. Um, so, yeah, so we went in on the morning um had the induction had my waters broken I was I was laboring on the football most of the day standing up next to the bed I had lots of monitors and lots of wires um but we're in we're in the room and it was primarily um myself my doula because I had a doula with me for my birth as well um and a midwife throughout most of the labor um the other thing during the pregnancy definitely um for me that I think helped manage some of the fear that came up and some of the stress that came up was working with my doula Gabby. And I did a lot of hypnobirthing. Mm. I did a lot of um, listening to um, affirmations and guided meditations around pregnancy and birth and and reinforcing my beliefs that I already have around the body's amazing ability to be healthy, to heal, to thrive, to birth well um, and reinforcing that over and over and over again because you've got to offset in my opinion you need to offset that I guess that negative input you're getting from some aspects as well yeah um so the birth itself down to game time (laughs) (laughs) so yeah were the so the
0: triplets were they in their own sack did they have their own placentas what was
2: yes so I had um two identical and one fraternal so Tom's the fraternal. He had his own placenta and his own sac. Yeah. And Will and Clancy are identical. So they shared a placenta but Mm -hmm. had their own sacs. So um, the lowest risk twin or multiple um, presentation is own sac, own placenta um, because they've got their own blood flow and they can't get tangled up together. Um, The next lowest risk is sharing a placenta but having your own sac and then the higher risk multiples is when there's one placenta and one sac because then they're sharing blood um, from the same placenta and they're also in the same physical space where they could become, I guess, theoretically tangled, I think is the concern.
0: Yep. Okay, cool. And were they like, do you know if they were head
2: down or what position they were in or what? So Clancy, who was first born, was head down. He was head down on the cervix. um, And after he was born, actually, like the top of his head, like the moulding of his skull was flat from being on the cervix with his brother sitting on him. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So he was um, head down but posterior and Will was head down, um, and was birth posterior. I don't know if he was posterior before he was birthed or not, but he was head down. And Tom was transverse and up quite high, mm. um, up under my rib cage.
0: Right. Wow. Okay. All right. Yes. So go, go, tell us, tell us a story.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so the birth, I, I think the other thing as well for me with the pregnancy and with um, the actual birth as well is, especially in regard to once we got to birth time, I was just so excited. Like I I had such, I guess, um, overall positive mindset around how awesome birth is. Um, So for me at one point thinking I might not have got to experience that to then just being there, the whole time I just felt like I was in this little bubble of gratitude and happiness um, that definitely just the day was just an awesome day. Um, When I was in labor and actually experiencing the contractions and all of that it, it all was what i would consider enjoyable um and it yeah i don't know like it was it it was a beautiful like just an absolutely beautiful long day of contractions building up i had my um doula as i said and she was um talking to me which was sort of tying right in with all the preparation the hypnobirthing had done um my hubby was there and he was very on board with, you know, all, all of the approach and what we're doing, and really supportive. He did say he had a nap that I don't remember happening, but he apparently had a nap in a beanbag <laughs> at one point. Um, good on him. Good and on. We <laughs> in the. Um, we labored in the birth suite for, for most of the day and then the actual progression because I was already three centimetres dilated when I arrived before we'd even done anything just from the pressure and the weight of the boys on my cervix. Yep. Um, and then during the course of the day, even though I was having contractions and, and it felt like it was moving along quite nicely, when they did an internal check, um, I hadn't dilated particularly a lot and then I think because it was going on in the time frames and everything else, I could hear the murmurings and the talking about trying to speed things up. Um, and my doula and I were talking and she said, okay, let's do some visualisation. And we did some visualisation around the cervix, just relaxing and opening. And, and we said next time they check, they'll come back in, it'll be nine centimetres. And sure enough, next time they came back in, they check nine centimetres. Which was pretty awesome, um, and then the other thing that we had already discussed and um, agreed on was that I would actually um, birth and deliver the boys in the or um, again as a precaution there's not that at that point there hadn 't been that many um, vaginal triplet births there, there had been some one lady I know had gone in um, in spontaneous labor and birthed her babies very, very quickly, um, but there hadn 't been that many i guess that happened so there was a some caution from their side absolutely um so we'd agreed that that i would birth in the or um so when we went there it was a that was probably the point when again like i had a little bit of um not fear but a little bit of um stress at that point because it's bright lights it's colder air Um, there was a circus of people in there. There was a team for each of the babies. So a pediatrician and a nurse and maybe someone else, an anesthetist for each of the babies, plus my obstetrician, plus one or two midwives, plus an anesthesiologist um, and also two photographers because my obstetrician was keen to document the birth. And then I was happy for that to happen and and have the images as well. Um, So there was like 20 plus people in the room. It was, it, it was a bit crazy. And I, I had come out of my nice little birthing cocoon energy into this bright space. Um, And one of the things, certainly, you know, as a chiropractor and as a health practitioner, I know for a mammal and we are mammals, we're part of nature for a mammal to birth, they need to feel quiet and calm and safe. And we need that calming part of our nervous system, the parasympathetic part of our nervous system activated. If we go into stress, um, which is our fight-flight sympathetic system, then then the hormones around our birth are going to switch gears. Um, so my doula, um, thankfully, was allowed to be with me still, and that took quite a bit of negotiating. Um, so I shut my eyes. I actually didn't open them throughout the rest of the birth, I don't think. I opened them a couple of times just to check things, but the re- I just really went within and listened to my obstetrician's voice listen to my husband listen to my doula and that was it and I just blocked everybody else out and and um I think because I'd done so much mindfulness and meditation in the lead up that that was possible um and that's certainly something I think really worth um considering and looking into for any of the pregnant mamas listening to to um to the podcast is mindfulness and meditation makes such a massive difference um to our chemical balance and our hormone balance and and um a lot to do with our health certainly overall and certainly during pregnancy and birth. Mm, definitely. Um, so birth time, here we go. <laughs> um, so Clancy was number one. He was right down on the cervix and um, because of the monitoring and because of the high-risk complicated nature of the birth, um, I was on my back, which I wasn't entirely happy about. Um, they did bring the table up on a bit of an angle, so I had a bit of gravity assist um and i was pushing for quite some time he was posterior um and he wasn't he wasn't coming down um as we would have liked so in the end um i had a dose through the epidural line at that point they'd done us they'd done a um test dose at the very beginning when they put the epidural in um to make sure the line was clear and i hadn't had anything else or any other drugs through the labor and then at this point i'd again agreed that I would have um, a dose of the epidural because, again, number three was right up high under my rib cage and transverse, and the concern is once the first and then second baby are born, they don't want the third one in there too long in case something's happening with the placenta and um, oxygenation and, you know, all of those things. So they used um, a vacuum and turned Clancy and then um, that, Help get things moving along, and then a few pushes, and and he was out. He had a little bit of um, respiratory distress just because he'd done all the hard work paving the way um, and needed a little bit of oxygen. Um, I had him skin to skin on my chest straight away um, when he came out, and then they took him and gave him a little bit of support in the room um, just across the way where I could see him, and my hubby was with him. Um, Will was number two. He came out, it was about, I think it was about 20 minutes between each of the boys. Um, number two, um, they did use faucets to guide him down, but then he came out really fast. He, like, pretty much flew out. And then Tom, who is still my stubborn child, um, lovely, strong-willed <laughs> child, um, he was right up quite high. So in the end, again, glad I had the epidural at that point because, Um, the obstetrician was pretty much in up to the elbow to grab hold of him and guide him down. Um, And then, yeah, so then number three was born. Each of them had some skin to skin um, as they came out. I've got one photo um, of them all little snugged up in their um, blankets with me um, at that point. And then Tom being third born, he didn't get much compression coming out, so he still had some fluid on his lungs and, um, he needed a little bit of help and ended up having some oxygen and he had to go to the neonatal unit, um, for the first couple of days. But Mahadi went with him, Will stayed with me the whole time and Clancy had a little bit of oxygen and then was straight with me as well. And it was just like, it was, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I had it just in my mind that it was going to be somewhat smooth, somewhat straightforward, um, I, f- I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, at the end, once it was done, I was just, like, elated. I was just, like, on that crazy high.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: I can imagine.
1: And then just, like, all of a sudden you're holding yeah. your three boys.
0: Like, and what? then
2: there's three babies <laughs> and you're, like, three. <laughs> three babies. Three. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So <sighs> then, so you tell us, so the presenters
2: were born. Was that reasonably straightforward? Um, the placentas were born, or both placentas were born afterwards. Um, yeah. It was reasonably straightforward. Uh. They were quite big um, and I lost a bit of blood. And that was another thing. My I'm, I'm the youngest of eight kids. I come from a big family. Wow. Um, and so I've got six sisters and a brother. And my sisters um, have tended to be bleeders with their births. Um, so they were sort of on guard for that. Um, I did lose a bit of blood, but not too much. The other thing that I had agreed to based on that was t- there's a medication you can take orally um, to help the pl- uh, to help the uterus contract and to stop excess blood loss. Um, but then after that, once I was in recovery, um, I actually, I, they, well, I'm not sure if it's from the volume change or wasn't blood loss directly, but I got the shakes and then I was freezing cold. And then I vomited and I felt really, really unwell. Um, and that, mm. yeah, that was probably for, a, a, I'm guessing, about half an hour. That was, like, really, really awful. Um, and then I was, like, exhausted.
0: Yeah, okay. So how was then the recovery after everything? You obviously stayed in the hospital, I'd imagine, for a little while. And
2: Yeah, so the recovery was actually really good. And I think... Um, I was quite fit prior to getting pregnant. I stayed active right through my pregnancy. I didn't have any bed rest at all um, and there wasn't any major complications during the birth. So the next day pretty much onwards I was physically really, really good Um, and we stayed. We ended up staying in the hospital um, I think it might have been seven nights. We could have left on day five but I just wanted to make sure that I was in a really good routine with breastfeeding and I felt confident um, with that. And because we'd gone in as private patients, um, I had the option to stay the extra couple of days and I was quite, quite happy to do that. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay. Wow. Amazing. I was going to ask a breastfeeding question for triplets. So (laughs) yeah. Well, you're
2: only, you're only. (laughs) Talk us through it. (laughs) There's one downfall in the design. Yeah. So The, um, as far as breastfeeding goes, um, the boys latched quite well. Tom was obviously in the neonatal unit the first couple of days. So he was being tube fed. Um, and the other two boys latched pretty well straight away. Um, they were pretty good feeders. They were four weeks early. So they, you know, they, um, fatigued a little bit. Um, the thing, one of my regrets, um, is that in hospital I was encouraged to um, top up with formula um, because of their size. And I, I, I sort of thinking back think that they just assumed that it would be too much to be breastfeeding exclusively. Um, and, again, I think at that point I was, you know, somewhat exhausted and I'm just thinking, okay, that sounds practical. But if I had have gone into that a bit more prepared around that part, I would have pushed back a bit more on that Mm -hmm. because it it basically set me up to be behind the eight ball a little bit with the feeding. And I know of other triplet mums who have um, exclusively breastfed. um, And that would have been my ideal scenario because what, what we ended up doing, I would breastfeed all babies at every feed. And then if they were still showing hunger signs, then we would give them some formula top up and, I combined then once we got home, then I was feeding and then also expressing after that to try and get my supply up to match what they were having. Mm. Um, So my mum was staying with us. My hubby had eight weeks off work. I would do the breastfeeding. They would do top-ups if needed and deal with all of that side of things, and then they would do nappy changes and be resettling while I was feeding the next babies, Um, and it was like a a real um, sort of conveyor belt, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) And did then, you
0: find that wow. your supply just kind of leveled out for what they needed?
2: um it did, but then as I said, I just I never quite I never quite caught up so that I could just boob them, and that would have been my ideal because mm. because I was um, really um, set on breastfeeding, I wanted them to have boob every every feed because the other option could be feed two, bottle one, then rotate who's getting what at each feed, but then I think because again. They were a little bit small, and Tom more so was um, a little bit of a lazy sucker, so he would suck for the start of a feed, but if he got tired, then he'd be lazy and then um, not want to work hard at the boob to empty empty the rest of the feed so yeah, but I fed them um, I stopped feeding when I was a, when they were about eight months old, um, yep. and that was pretty much my supply had had really dwindled at that stage, and I had not much left. <laughs>
0: Well, that's incredible. I mean,
2: feeding three babies is
0: amazing. <laughs>
2: oh. And I loved it. Like I loved breastfeeding. It was just um, it was yeah, it was really just that nurturing, close, snuggly, beautiful time. Like I loved it. it and I would have loved to have, you know, as I said, breastfed exclusively. It would have been easier, less double handling and less extra stuff as well as less exposure to formula. But um yeah I guess you know there's multiple ways we can do things, and yeah we got there in the end
0: yeah um and tell us wow. about the postpartum so that transition into motherhood as an immediate mum of three <laughs>
2: um <laughs> it's. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it, it is, that whole first six months is a bit of a blur. Mm. Um, it was literally pretty much yeah. feeding nonstop. Like it would take about an hour and a half to feed them. And then I would maybe have an hour or so before the, or an hour and a half. And then the whole thing would start again. It was like just feeding, feeding, feeding. And mm. and I think, you know, I um, I was enjoying that. So I, yeah, I don't know. And I was lucky that I had my mum there and my husband there. I didn't have to do cooking, cleaning, anything else. It was just all about the babies and all about the feeding. <laughs> um, and and we'd get out walking. Oh. We didn't do a lot of other stuff, getting three babies in and out of a car and then trying to do that in the small gap you've got before the next feed starts and then having to have the big, you know, can, the big um, production line of the feed as well. So we really that first six months just um, hunkered down and, and yeah, it was all about cuddles and feeding. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely.
1: as it should be. I mean, yeah. how amazing. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Wow. Well, what a what an incredible story. And I mean, of course, you know, all multiples births would be different. But as you said, you were informed, you did your research, you found a team that really believed in what you wanted as well. And you were able to have that for the most part. You were able to have what yeah, you absolutely. Had wished for, right? And seen and... I think that's all you can really, really be. Yeah, because we obviously say all healthy babies, of course, but a mother who feels like yep. she was respected and could birth her babies how she wanted is so important. And yeah. a healthy mum is so important. And, and I so, think, you know,
2: yeah, I think I Any think advice, the thing around yeah, that as go. well <laughs> is one hundred percent. We want healthy mums and we want healthy bubs, and it's not it's not only physical health that we're talking about there either. And it is, mm-hmm, I think, it is mm-hmm. about. Um, and certainly for a lot of the women that I work with, um, when they have got trauma around their birth, it is often that they haven't felt respected. They haven't felt safe. They haven't felt heard. Mm. Um, and I, I had, I definitely felt those things in my birth. Um, and I think, um, I, I think when we're informed well about the risks of all of the options, Um, and the benefits of all of the options because I think sometimes the benefits of natural birth um, are maybe not undersold or under under emphasized Mm. maybe and I I really I really don't want it to be this is the winning thing to do or this is the best thing to do but if it's an emergency and we need intervention thank god that they're there because that's where they really excel Um, but for the yeah a large percentage of people it should be natural and it should be um unmedicated and it it should be um straightforward and that normal natural instinctive mammal birth yeah
1: absolutely what i really liked with what you said i mean you're obviously yeah, very informed as a healthcare practitioner yourself you were like they were giving you options right and you said okay yes I consent or yes, yes, I will do that. Like you, you did feel, and that, that you, feeling in control. Yep. Yep. And in and I think some Someone women don't it.
2: even know that that's an, a choice. They don't even know, do, know that they can choice. consent or not consent is mm. the other thing. Um, and, you know, I, yeah. as, as I yeah. said, you know, I um, agreed to some things that weren't my ideal scenario, but there were some things that my obstetrician was like, well, this is a no deal for me. And there were some things where I said, "Well, you know what? This is mm-hmm. a no deal for me." And then mm-hmm. it's about, I guess, a conversation at least, um, and yes, feeling heard, feeling respected, and feeling in choice. Um, and I think when you, yeah. um, when you've discussed all the different scenarios, then at least, at least, you know what your options are. And and the big thing I would encourage all women um to do is can consider all the options the upsides and the downsides of those options and whether that's birthing at home or whether that's birthing in a birth center or whether that's birthing in a public hospital or a private hospital you know what are the statistics for um intervention at that place of birth with the provider that you're choosing um and most women wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily look at those things before choosing their place of birth because some sometimes it's just the automatic i'm pregnant will you go to hospital for a baby sign up with a private obstetrician in our modern sort of i guess um australian culture um and i think if we if we can weigh up those things even pre-pregnancy i think it'd be super great and there's lots of women who do that too definitely because i think that sometimes
0: yeah. yeah Yeah, like pretty much just going on from what you said, like a woman might get pregnant and be in her mind, well, I want to have a natural birth. Well, we just go to hospital. That's what we do. But not realizing that that's potentially not the best place for her if she wants to have a natural birth Mm -hmm. or the provider that she's chosen may not be the best person for her. And then that's where the birth trauma happens because, the things that you had hoped for and wished for in your birth don't occur. And, you know, as we were just saying, birth really does matter. Yes, a healthy baby is important, but, but birth is so, so important and how we feel about it is so, so important. And that's why we want to share these stories and get this information out there so women know that they have these choices and that there are a variety of options. But at the end of the day, they are, um, I hate this word, but they're in control of their birth. And there's probably a better word to
2: use for that because... Probably, yeah. Empowered is a word I like. Like, if you're informed, you can be empowered. You can be in your power in your, in your mm. choices. Yeah, feeling
0: in your power for sure, yeah. and not have that taken away from you is definitely, yeah,
2: an important factor. Yeah, um, and I think I think for me as well, you know, when I think about you know the pregnancy team and the birth team, it's about being proactive in those choices. So. You know, seeing a chiropractor, if that's something that you think that would be appropriate for you so that your nervous system is balanced, that your body and your joints are moving well and strong, seeing a um, naturopath or a nutritionist to make sure everything in your nutritional levels are balanced. Um, I saw my acupuncturists, um, I um, exercised, you know, looking at the proactive healthcare choices that can make you physically and mentally more empowered as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I guess going on from that, what is the advice that you would give to a mum who was pregnant with
2: triplets? Um, I guess in regard to triplets or, or multiples or um, the more what they call higher risk pregnancies, yes. um, I think it's the same as what I would give to any any pregnant woman: is that you need to be informed of the risks and the benefits of of whatever Mm -hmm. options are being presented to you. Um, Ask questions because it's your right to be informed and find a healthcare team and your primary birth provider that is someone that you feel safe with, that you have trust in, who um, listens to you and is a partner in your pregnancy and birth. Um, and then, uh, and then on the other side is build your own physical resiliency, physical health, um, mental resiliency, mental health with meditation, exercise, um, all of those other good things that we've talked about. And even in a multiple pregnancy, it's still it's still natural. It's still part of nature. It's still um, it, it it's yeah. It doesn't have it doesn't have to necessarily automatically be a predetermined cesarean section no matter what
1: yeah 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 really important and yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for sharing your wisdom around this and your story with us I know that it's going to be so helpful for people who are going through it yeah so many important key things in there that you have said and touched on that yeah, are relevant to all births and to all mothers and
2: absolutely. We and can thank do it. you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love the work that you're doing. And I think the more we share um, different stories and positive birth stories um, for yeah, for families and not just the mummers, but for the for the dads too, to 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 know that that um, yeah, birth's natural and positive. And I think the big thing as well is the actual the the transformation of a woman during oh. a Empowered positive birth into a mother. That whole what they—it's actually the words matru, matru, matrescence. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah that it's actually when when you go through that. That is like amazingly powerful for women, and I think yeah. that. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty cool, and I loved it. Oh, <laughs> it is amazing.
0: Very passionate about. Very.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: All right. Well, thank you again. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh See you later. Bye,
2: Livia.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hey Mama podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with friends and follow our social media pages to keep up to date with the latest episodes. We hope you're having a beautiful day, Mama.